But then that sound, that vibration. There, do you hear it? Well, I, I'm not sure whether I heard or, or felt it, Johnny. Like a current of air passing by me. Yeah, that's it. Some kind of pulsation. It's my really skin tingling. Listen. Sounded different, didn't it? Yeah, different pitch. The, the instruments are all steady. Nothing on the visit screen. The radar's negative. What is it, Johnny? Where's it from? Not from Earth, I'll swear to that. I got a crazy notion, Wallet. A crazy notion that someone's trying to signal you. You mean... I don't know what I mean. Maybe the case right, maybe I gotta touch you. Johnny. Johnny, what is it? Look. Look, boss. Look at the direction, Blanker. It swung all the way around. Those sounds, those waves are coming from outer space. I gotta go... Well, what are we waiting for? 
you understand, the telepathica has only been tested for short distances. The signals are reaching us. That's the only important thing, isn't it? How soon can we... The instrument is in the next room. I took the liberty of bringing it with me, hoping it might conceivably be of some use. This way, gentlemen. This little machine can take thoughts and turn them into words we can hear? English words? Not only English, Mr. Mateev. It will translate thought impulses into any language for which you set the dials. You think of something, Mr. Dixon. Now, listen. First, I said for French. German. Wonderful, these are Chinese. And English... Don't kill her, these Chinese. <laughs> you must understand. Oh, excuse me, Dr. Lee, but we'll have to postpone this. Fifteen seconds to go. Better set your dials for a remote pickup. Stand by, everyone. Nothing. More power. Well, it's a good try. Wait. I've got that feeling again. My, my, my skin's beginning to crawl. Yeah, yeah, mine too. No, no, it's just your imagination. Oh, they are coming through now. Planet four. Greeting, planet three. Mars. The fourth planet from the sun. Greeting, planet three. Planet four calling, planet three. We are trying to reach you, planet three. If you receive our signal, respond. If you receive our signal, respond. We will communicate again. Life on Mars. This week, ladies and gentlemen, the question that has bedeviled mankind ever since the day he first stood erect and gazed into the heavens has been answered. There is life on Mars. Intelligent, articulate life. The country, the world tonight, seethes with excitement. As Mars received our response, as our telepathador succeeded in projecting as thoughts the messages spoken into it by human beings, or can it merely receive? Johnny. Telepathator setting 200 
with tritonium landmines. The field shall be encircled with radioactive flamethrowers and a reserve force. From the landing field, you will be conducted to the seat of the world government at Washington, D.C., where you will be received and housed in suitable accommodations. We will welcome you in peace. Check out. We will welcome you in peace. We hope. Suitable accommodation. Trust McCabe to hand me a class on assignment like this. Oh, Johnny, you're the big safe man. You're supposed to know by instinct what's suitable accommodation for a Martian? Don't be silly, Terry. I haven't the slightest notion in the world what they'll look like except some crazy ideas I picked up from science fiction. I don't know why. All right, all right. That's why we're here. The head of our anthropology section has more ideas than any science fiction writer you've ever read. Now, here we are. Ah, Terry, come in. Hello, Professor. Uh, this is Mr. Dixon, the young man I told you about. I know, Mr. Dixon. Professor, I've got a problem. Yeah, 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 Terry and I have discussed the problem. It is my theory that the Martians will, in most important respects, have the characteristics of uh, the Earthman. Oh, What's the basis of your theory, Professor? It's very simple. <clears throat> the accomplishments of the Martians parallel our own. Only a being with opposable thumbs can fashion the intricate devices necessary for spaceships. Only a being with a nervous system like our own could master communication. Only a creature with a brain like ours could dream of peace. Makes sense, Professor. Uh, that's one side of it, Johnny. A lot of other anthropologists think differently. Ah, yeah, that is so. They feel that the Martians living on a dry planet with little vegetation and very little water will be creatures that crawl on the ground like our insects, enlarged a few thousand times. They may look like enormous ants with oversized antennae. I give up. With 48 hours left, I can't prepare accommodations for every conceivable form of life. Just have to improvise after they get here. I just hope they don't get too sick when they first look at us. <laughs> Belching fire? 
No cloud to smoke. I keep wondering what kind of fuel they use. A visible of propulsion. What metal? Thank you, sir. The ship is almost touching the ground now, and the cloud is getting uneasy. Why, they're, they're falling back. As though, as though there was something. I, I see it now. It's a blue haze whizzing about the bottom of the ship, forming and waiting for the light of whatever it is. Command and defense control. Zero hour. Reorient all weapons. Remove safety controls. Stand by to fire. Secretary of the World Federation is going to speak. As your great ship settles on our soil, we salute you, the emissaries of space. We wait eagerly for your appearance. Now, the blue mist has completely vanished. All eyes are on the ship, waiting for the first Martian to appear. There is no sign of activity yet. Will you respond to our greetings, Martians? Will you make your presence known? Nothing stirring. No gangplank lowered. No sign of life. Perhaps they were not prepared for atmospheric conditions here. Perhaps on the very brink of success, death has struck within that awe-inspiring vessel. Wait, wait a Yes, yes, it's moving. A tremendous section of the ship's bow is opening out in front. Like a gigantic tongue, it thrusts forward and drops to earth, forming a great ramp from the ship to our soil. And now it's down, and the surface of the ramp, the surface of the ramp is like nothing ever seen on this earth. A shimmering, impalpable iridescence, unbelievably radiant and beautiful. The throng of spectators is silent, motionless, scarcely breathing, waiting to see the first Martian emerge. And still, nothing. No one, no thing comes down the ramp. There is nothing but silence. Listen, that must be the Martian communication vibrations we were told about. Then men on the field are operating the receiving device. Word, men. We ask that you send one representative to board our craft. We assure his safety. Gentlemen, gentlemen, there is no cause for alarm. I think there is. They want a hostage or a specimen to take back with them. There's no time for anything. They're waiting for a decision, Mr. Secretary. Yes, Mr. McKinney. If it's all right to the committee, I'd like to go for it. Technical information, sir. No. Quiet, Charlie. This is my dish, McKee. I was slated for the space run to Mars, remember? You're not doing me out of this. Besides, you're too valuable to waste. Mr. Secretary, tell them I'm coming aboard. Men of Mars, we should fly with your request. Our representative is about to board your ship.
soon as ever it will. We achieved that 10,000 cycles ago, Earthman. Where are you, Madam Fox? This room is flooded with light, but I, I, I see no one. We are not ready to reveal ourselves. The people of Earth are waiting to see you, to welcome you. There is nothing to fear. We are not afraid. Dixon. You know my name? We know many things. That is why we are sad. Filled with revulsion. I don't understand. What do you mean? Through the dark spaceways we came to you. In peace. You said to us, Come in peace. But the escorts you sent to honor us were armed for destruction. The very ground on which we now rest seeds with radioactive potential. Wait! You misunderstood us. These weapons are for defense against you, not attack. Many cycles ago, we of Mars learned, as you Earth men will someday learn, that wars are fought, men are slaughtered, civilizations wiped out by those who attack with weapons of defense. But our world is at peace now. Your peace is not peace. It is a thin cloak which covers the hates and fears and savagery of primitive beings. Observe, Dixon. On this large visit screen, we have for hours been viewing your people in many parts of your Earth. Watch. Listen. I warned you it was a trap. We'll never again see Dixon alive. I told you not to trust foreigners. Just give me the word and I'll blast them all in the kingdom come. You must not be deceived. He's only one man. The rest of us are different. Are you? Look at this. From another part of your civilized earth. You have been a traitor to our party. To be guilty of bourgeois thinking. You have shown yourself to the enemies of our people. You will pay the penalty. But first you will confess. Confess. That's a backward part of our planet. It's not fair to judge by them. Then we reveal a more civilized area. The country of your birth, Dixon.
2,000 Plus is produced by Sherman H. Dreyer and Robert Winolson. In today's story, Ken Williams played Dunny, Louis Van Ruten played the voice of Mars, Lon Clark played McCabe, Frank Behrens was the senator, Amzie Strickland was Terry, Sanford Beckert was Paul, and Gilbert Mack was Dr. Lee. The orchestra was conducted by Emerson Buckley, music composed by Elliot Jacoby. Script by Judith and David Public. Sound by Walt Shaver and Al April. Engineer Bob Albright, and your announcer, Ken Marvin. Program of This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.